Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Something else. Please note, this episode contains some emotional content, including discussion around child abuse and domestic violence, and may not be suitable for all listeners. I've had feelings of feeling quite alone about this, you know, and and I've never really seen it in that, that way. I feel like I've been angry for probably this last year. Hello and welcome to How Did We Get Here with me, Claudia Winkleman, and my brilliant friend, clinical psychologist, Professor Tanya Byron. We look at some of the difficulties people are facing and why they might feel stuck or unable to move forward. Tanya talks to people in one-to-one sessions whilst I'm listening in from another room. In the break and at the end, I ask Tan a bit about her process and we explore the issues that are raised. This time, we meet John, who is a TV director and broadcast engineer. Last year, he experienced work burnout, panic attacks and anxiety. After going home last Christmas, an incident occurred with his family and John realised that things have never really been right with his parents. I think he's just kind of continued that legacy of of what's happened in the past. What you're about to hear are the key parts of a one-time unscripted session with a real person. We follow up with our guests after the recording, passing on links and contacts, some of which you will find in the programme notes of this episode. Let's go and meet John. Nice to meet you. It's so lovely to meet you, John. Tell me why are you here? The question I've been asking myself is kind of, do I continue the relationship with my parents? That's a big question. It is a big question. I mean, that's a bigger question than the most. Yes. The relationship with my dad has not been that great. I haven't talked to him since last Christmas. Um, Describe him to me. Very strict, got a nasty temper. Mm. And, um, you know, sometimes he would be quite heavy-handed with me. And um, basically, I, I went home for, for Christmas um, to my, my parents and um, he tried to chuck me out of the house. Just to be clear, did he physically... Yeah, gr- grabbing hold of me, putting his finger in my face, being quite aggressive, f- saying things to me that, that are quite upsetting. And then the other, the other sad thing is also I kind of... I, I question the relationship that I have with my mum. She's somebody that's kind of very much focused on how things look yeah. and... Um, you know, kind of likes to say how she thinks and how she feels about things. And, I, you know, I think for a very long time, I've kind of gone along with what, what she's um, saying or, you know, her, her opinion. I think if I if I didn't, um, you know, often she'd make me feel quite guilty. Um, guilty about what? Um, guilty for not, not doing what she wants, basically. Growing up in that environment, I think it's really kind of taken its toll on me. Sometimes I struggle with my, my self-esteem, you know, especially in work. I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I, you know, I like everything to be, you know, uh, like go a certain way. And I think I get quite stressed out, anxious about it. I'm so, I feel so bad that that happened to you. You've got a sibling, right? I have, yes. I've got a younger brother. Are you close with your brother? 
Um, I'd like to think so. But um, he's still living with my parents at the moment. You know, over the last year, it's kind of, I've really taken a step back. It's been d- difficult, really. So my brother's really struggled with, with mental health. And basically for two or three years, he used to have these weird episodes where he'd have, his arms would be shaking. He'd have half of his face, like as if he was having a stroke. If somebody did something wrong. Just in 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 times of stress, pressure. yeah, high pressure or, or stress, you know, he saw psychiatrists, he saw lots of doctors and everything. Nobody could find anything wrong. And what does your mum do when your f- dad is aggressive or violent? N- not not much really. You know, it's bizarre. It's only like now that I kind of think all of the things that have happened in the past, it shouldn't have really happened. And and but my mum's kind of made it feel like it's normal. When Nothing you were like, when you were how old? Like a little boy. Oh, a little boy. You know, a little boy. You know, as a te- a teenager, and even as you know, like an eighteen year old. You know, there's been times when my dad's been awful with me. You know. And does he apologise? Is no, he contrite? No. no, never, never, never apologises. Never thinks he's in the wrong. And 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 often, you know, when I've tried to talk with my mum and my dad. It's almost been, you know, let's not talk about this. So he gets very angry. He sees red. Yes, yes. Does that happen to you? No, no. Is your dad capable of being happy? Are there lots of happy times? You know, Sunday lunch, there everyone's laughing and smiling. Is it, or do you have to tiptoe tip round toe, his Yes, anger? it's very much like that. You know, there was one period of time when I was living with him in the same house for two years, and literally, I was about 17, 18. You know, I didn't really do that much. I kept very quiet when I was in the house. I was very quiet. I felt like I was walking on eggshells because I didn't want to upset him. I didn't want to say something that would make him angry. And, you know, it could be that anything, really. You know, it, there was never any kind of rules to what would make him mad or, or, or that kind of thing. And you were living with him alone. Where was your mum? So my mum and my brother were in France. So we moved across there, but my dad used to work in the UK. So right. he would kind of come back and forth. And then it kind of ended up that I went back and I was with my dad. And then, so it was kind of, we were always travelling different, you know, different places. Does he treat your brother the same way he treats you? No. So he's never been hand, heavy handed with my brother. Always me. I'm, I mean, I'm, so I'm the eldest. My brother's seven years younger than me. Um, I mean, there has been the odd occasion, but but re- generally, no. And and even with my mum, you know, not really. It's always kind of You're been, the punch bag. I'm the punch bag, yeah, yeah. Tanya will come in, and she's extraordinary, but I just have one more question, sure. which is you said that you could be a perfectionist at work. Yes. How does that manifest itself? When you're at work, if something doesn't go your way, what happens? I don't think I kind of voice my stress if anything I probably I just keep everything inside of myself you know if, if and you probably said the same thing about you know the, the family situation I think it's been that for a long time a bit like a pressure cooker keeping yes. everything inside but I, you know I really do think that probably this trying to do everything right and it probably stems from a, an unhealthy place of probably you know some of the experiences I've had as a child well thank you so much for coming thank you I've had therapy sessions um, throughout the year, kind of CBT. You've had cognitive behaviour yeah, therapy, yeah. okay. I was kind of off work um, due to stress, had really bad panic attacks. So I had CBT around that and that kind of started the discussion and it kind of started me thinking about, you know, what it was like when I was younger and, I, you know, I don't, so I've not been speaking to my dad. I still have a kind of relationship with my mom. Um, You know, I talked on the phone maybe probably once every three weeks, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, when this whole episode happened at Christmas, you know, as soon as I come back, it would be almost like nothing's happened. It's like denial. A denial, yeah. It sounds like you're saying over the years when your father has been angry and at times violent. Yes. It sounds like you're saying that 
your mother by doing nothing has felt complicit. Yes. Right. Yes. So that, that's quite com- that's quite complicated and challenging. Yes. As well, in terms of how you manage that relationship moving forward. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What's this brought up for you? Because you're looking thoughtful and tearful and sad. You know, I guess part of me would like to have a healthy family life. You know, you know, I'd like to have a good relationship with my mom, my dad, but. Something at Christmas changed what perhaps was an ideal yes. idea you had of family. So the reality crashed in and yes. that moment with your father, it just was almost like the final straw. Yeah. There's a lot, John, isn't there? And, you know, first of all, I want to say what I feel is we need to be very clear about the the sort of terms of reference that we're going to follow today. In other words, okay. what what are we trying to achieve? Because I think you've come in saying a combination of what happened at Christmas, my panic attacks, I'm now seeing things in a different way. And I think you're saying, can you help me just work out everything? <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. That's not going to be possible today. No. So perhaps what's more important is that you and I spend a bit of time just trying to nail down what could be the first step for you to be able to achieve the resolution in your mind that you're looking for. Because I feel like this will be a quite a long piece of work for okay. you, probably with a psychotherapist, yes. somebody who's got training in systemic family therapy. Yeah. So, okay. Because I think you do need to have a series of conversations yes. to be able to look at this idealised sense of family you had and now this reality check yes. at Christmas when your dad got very physically yes. violent with yes. you. Yeah. At this point, I'd like to step in and ask something. After five minutes, you looked at John and you said, I would like you to go and have more work. Some things aren't just a matter of new perspective. Some things need longer. There are people whose experiences have left them with kind of multiple challenges And not to say that other people we've talked to haven't brought multiple challenges, but it is clearer often with the people that we're working with what it is that they're specifically asking for. Yeah. And I suppose what I wanted to say to him up front was, today I want to do everything I can to enable you to leave with a perspective that makes you feel like you've moved on. But I do feel like there is a lot of work ahead for you and support to really just unpick the narrative. And I think the narrative for him is is, is so bound up with anxiety, but on so many levels, it's really just... I think my task today is to help him see that and support him to find the right kind of therapy, not counselling, not CBT. He's had that and I think it's been helpful, but I think he needs long-term psychotherapy to sit with someone regularly who can really hear him express the anguish and frustration he's felt because there are so many different areas of his life that have been impacted by his childhood. Okay, let's go back to the chat. What do you think needs to be really focused on today? For me to be able to process this and kind of move forwards, do I need to stop the contact with my my parents? 
they've never really acknowledged what's happened in the past. They, they kind of deny things that have been said. Would it be important for you that they do acknowledge, as in, if unless they acknowledge, I cannot have ongoing contact with them? This is kind of one of the things that the one of the therapists that I saw kind of talked about, you know, writing a letter to them, saying the things that you'd like to say to your mom, to your dad. Because you have the choice, you can just write it and and, you know, kind of set it on fire and, and let it go or you could actually send that to my parents but I've always kind of nothing seems to get through so actually me saying something to them you know I think I'd be going down in a, a dead road. I think you're right when you say you're not going to get an answer on that. If anything it triggers your father to become more aggressive yeah. and your mother to become more complicit in absolutely, her denial. Absolutely. So in terms of your own mental health and well-being, as much as we're all for open communication and et cetera, et cetera, yes. actually in your situation, it's probably going to do more harm than good if you keep banging at a door that I think you and I both agree is never going to open. Do you know what I think stopping me from, from kind of taking that step and, and maybe taking a really big step back? Yeah. Guilt. Tell guilt. me about guilt. I think my, you know, I think this is where my mum kind of excels. She's very good at being able to say things that would make me feel guilty. And, and it's almost like I don't want to upset my mum. And I don't know why. I uh, think she... I think uh, that's absolutely critical to our conversation. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Can no. I just make an interjection here? Yes. It seems to me that what might help you and maybe we could do today would be for you to try and understand for yourself yes. why your parents have and continue to behave yep. in the way that they do. If you understand why, mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's going to enable you to say, oh, well, that was okay then, because quite frankly, it's not okay for you as a child to be pushed up against a wall and the things that you have experienced. Yep. That is absolutely not okay. Yes. Right? Yeah. However, understanding it doesn't condone behaviour, but it could enable you to be able to find the answers for yourself without having to be continually frustrated yes. by their lack yes. of engagement. Yes. And I think your mother's complicity is also this guilt thing. She puts you in a position where you then think, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Yeah. I can't be asking these questions. So you're absolutely stuck between a rock and a hard place, aren't you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. What are your hypotheses around what's driving their behaviour? So I know on my dad's side, you know, he's kind of taught this. I mean, this is one of the things that he would often say to me. You've never had it as bad as I've had it. I think he's talked about belts in the past. From what I hear, so my dad's mum and dad, they used to be at each other's throats. So my grandfather, he used to um, beat my, my dad and his brothers up when they weren't behaving. And so I get this impression that growing up in that household, it must have been, you know, ho horrible. Or, significant awful. violence yes. towards the children yes. and significant domestic yes. violence. Yes, For him, that's that's normal and that's, that's what life is like. And I think he's just kind of continued that legacy of, of what's happened in the past. What you're saying to me is... From the little I know, my father's childhood was extremely violent, yeah. both to him and his siblings. Yes. It's really interesting also that you 
have kind of remembered this comment your father has made to you, which is, yes, you, you've never had it that bad. If anything, I think as a child, I felt like him it, saying that, that's, well, that's fine then, you know. It is not fine to lay a hand on a child, yeah. right? I mean, I am unequivocal about that. But what I want to just also suggest to you, and we know this from research into the issue of the impact of violence in childhood on people growing up, yes, is that it can cause a skew in one's perception of violence. Therefore, he may see what he has been doing to you through your childhood yes. as an acceptable level yep. of corporal punishment. Yes from a parent to a child, his benchmark is so different, he may be thinking, I'm not beating him with a belt. Absolutely, yeah. I'm not beating his mother up. Yeah. What's he talking about? So he may think that this is acceptable. Yes. Which, based on what he's experienced in his own childhood, yeah. you can kind of get why he would think that. Yes. Again, before a thousand people write in saying, but you're excusing his behaviour, I am not excusing what you have experienced. Yeah. Yep. Not at all. Yeah. We are trying to understand it. The reality is it's had I think it's had lasting effects on me, lasting effects on my brother. And there's no kind of Absolutely. recognition of that. Do you think he ever would recognise it? Honestly, no. Right. And be, why do you think that is? Do you know, I think probably the reason why he is the way that he is, I think it's the little boy inside of him. I think he's tried to normalise what he experienced as a, as, a, as a kid. And I think he wants to be strong, wants to be, and that's his way of seeing it. And anybody that says anything different, you know, he just won't accept it. Part of me feels sorry for my dad, you know, that that part of me would love him to go and talk to somebody and maybe, you know talk about these things but I don't think the reality is I don't think my dad would he sees it in his head the way that he sees it and um, you know that that's it that's it really John you are an astute compassionate man I need to say that to you thank you you're now saying actually I can't, could also feel sorry for him yeah. again not because we're excusing his no, behaviour no. it is wholly unacceptable yeah. however you're now saying, I'm trying to see it from my dad's position. And when you look at my dad, that's kind of sad. It is. It is. That child in your father who you said needed to normalise it in order for it to be okay. Yeah. Let's think about that. That is about a need to find a narrative that can enable him to feel in control. Correct. Because you know this, when an adult is losing... It. Yes. Yeah. What do you think drives his anger? A lack of control. If we feel out of control, what are we experiencing? As in panic? Panic. Yeah. When you had your panic attack and went to A&E... Yes. Did you feel in control or out of control? Absolutely. Completely out of control. What's going to happen to me? Am I having a heart attack? Am I having a heart attack? Yeah. Am I going mad? Yeah. Your mind is racing, yeah. your heart is yeah. racing, yeah. you can't get enough breath in your lungs. Yes. Yeah. Complete and utter panic which is fundamentally anxiety yes so taking this back to your dad yes if we're going to sort of say why does john's father behave in the way he does we would probably pin it around childhood trauma and anxiety yeah 
Are there any other behaviours your father might show? Maybe not anger behaviours, but any other behaviours in terms of how he likes life to be that show a high need for things to be in control? Is he a very tidy person? Does he have issues? Yes, yes. So, I mean, I remember that, you know, um, when I was kind of living with him, he used to spend hours and hours tidying the house. And then there was kind of, you know, if you make any dirt, there's going to be consequences. What, he'd get cross if things yes, were messy yeah, or untidy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, to kind of an extreme level? Yeah, to an extreme, yeah, to an extreme level. Right, so these things all link up. Yeah, yeah. I'd, perhaps you've never seen no, that No, 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 I've never seen it. Right. No, no, no. So your father was a tightly coiled spring yes in terms of his anxiety if things weren't done in the way that they had needed to be done to help him feel like he was in control Mm -hmm. it would trigger huge bouts of anxiety which would then result in anger yes and aggression yeah do you understand how anxiety and anger are linked the stress response the 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 fight flight anxiety is the fight flight response it's an inbuilt primitive response to threat yes if you and i are sitting here on our squeaky sofas mm-hmm. having a nice chat mm-hmm. and somebody suddenly rushes in and they look threatening yes we've got to switch physiologically yeah. and psychologically to a different state in order to protect ourselves and fundamentally we're either going to run or we're going to fight yeah so your father's response to anxiety has been fight and now here you are with your panic attack saying i also do anxiety so it feels like through the male line at least of your family yes anxiety is a big issue yes Let's talk about your mum then. Okay. Because she doesn't do fight. If anxiety is fight or flight, describe her behaviour. Freeze. But also flight, isn't it? Because flight oh, is avoidance. Yes, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Talk yeah, that you know, with and, me. so like some of the things that we've seen with my my brother, you know, they've been really traumatic. Like what? So when he was having his his episodes of fits and right. things that looked like um like he was having a stroke and the shaking and the and also my brother has episodes of anger and rage and when you look at him it's just like looking at my dad he's he's very bizarre okay and to talk about these things as a family my mum doesn't want to go there she does not want to go there she doesn't want to talk about things i think maybe she's scared of what might happen if she does go there. Yeah, I think very much my mum is running away from what's going on around her and, and um, yeah. So both your parents struggle with anxiety. Yes. But they exhibit in a, in a in a very different way. Yes. You know, last Christmas I tried to open up a discussion with my parents and it did not go well. You know, they didn't want to talk about things. And if anything, they just made me feel like it was my problem. When you ask them for help and support... Yes. What are you triggering in them? Their anxiety. Because with your mother, you're asking her to look at what she's not looking at. Yeah. And if you sit there going, Dad... He gets angry. Because you make him feel... Yeah. A a loss of control. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Why are you laughing? I've had feelings of feeling quite alone about this, you Mm. know, and 
and I've never really seen it in that that way. I feel like I've been angry for probably this last year. It's, it's almost like the anger's kind of gone. Why do you think that is? Because you understand? Yes, because I understand. But you're still going to feel sad. So the sadness really is that, yes, we understand, but it doesn't mean to say it hasn't impacted on you. Yeah. But I wonder whether the thing, the biggest challenge for you is that you sometimes see bits of your parents in you and that really freaks you out. Mm-hmm. Has anything ever happened where you've kind of stood back and thought, why Why am I doing this? What is going on? One of my ex-girlfriends, when I broke up with her, I think I panicked a lot. I struggled coming to terms with her kind of moving on. Um, and, and did that cause you to behave in ways that you... Yes, yeah. I was sending lots of messages and... Um, kind of wanting her to come back and... and um, You couldn't hear her say no. As you step back now and look at it, because obviously you've moved on yes, since then. Yes, yes. Do you see that as that sort of anxiety, lack of controlness, yes, which is yes. quite reminiscent of your father, really? Yes, it is, it is. I also think there's this need inside of me for love. It, it would, I, You know, I'd, I'd just love to be able to kind of not be so needy and not be so kind of... Um, just be happy with myself. Maybe in the second part of our conversation, we can talk about you and anxiety. Yeah. Because I wonder whether part of what makes it very challenging for you to manage your anxiety mm-hmm. is A, they won't talk about it, but a B, I think it's because you are possibly quite afraid of seeing in yourself aspects of your dad Mm. i can see that you could be not ocd but a perfectionist yes i could see that you can sometimes feel overwhelmed by anger yeah yeah and that anger means for example with the ex-girlfriend you just don't know when to stop yeah you keep pushing you keep pushing yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. i can see that you are very easily afraid that things are out of control. Yeah. Moving forward, what would you like us to focus on? Would you like us to focus on anger, which I think you really struggle with, and Mm -hmm. I think you do need some support around? Yeah. Would you like us to focus on your perfectionism? Or would you like us just to talk more generally about your relationship with the family? Now that you've got this understanding... Would you like me to actually focus on helping you make a decision around how you engage moving forward mm-hmm. with your family? Because that is something you did bring here. If anything, it was your last point that I think that's the that's the big that's the one that I really want to. <laughs> what do I do next? Yeah. Okay. Well, here's here's a thought. Your previous counsellor said write a letter to your parents. Yeah. But I don't think that it was specific enough. Yes. And I think I think you could write a different letter to your parents. Okay. Based on our conversation today. Okay. Okay. I think you could write a letter to your parents that isn't necessarily telling them how much they hurt you and yes. asking them why. Yeah, yeah. I feel that now you could write a letter telling them you get why it happened. Yeah. And this is what the situation is. Yes. And actually understanding that has enabled you to feel yeah. less angry with them. Yeah. I, th- I feel that is quite a useful shift in narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Because then once you write that letter, as you're writing that letter in our break, your final paragraph should probably start with, I'm now going to tell you that I have decided to... Yeah. Not remain in contact. Remain in contact. You have to fill that in. Yes. And this is why. Uh, Yeah. mentioned it and I know lots of people are interested in the way families work and repeated behavior when you were talking about learned behavior or or, or the line of abuse if you like there's a better way of saying transgenerational it. so it's when you know these behaviors just kind of move from one generation to the next to the next to the next so if you look for example at anger you know you take a biological a psychological and a social look at it biologically Is there an underlying predisposition? You know, anxiety can be inherited. And I'd say probably yes. You can see an inheritance. Mm -hmm. John from his father, his father probably from his father and so on and so forth. So you can see that inheritance of anger, which can be expressed as aggression. Aggression comes from anger, comes from anxiety. Anxiety being fight or flight. So that's bi- that's the biology bit. The psycho- psychological bit is the impact of the trauma that John's father experienced himself as a recipient of violence. It sounds like extreme violence from his own father. So that's the psychological legacy is going to have an impact. And also from a social perspective, it's learnt behaviour. Yeah. It's what I have seen, what I've experienced, how anger gets displayed. And often I'll work with people who will have had these kinds of experiences in childhood and come in high levels of anguish because they say, I never wanted to be like my parent. I don't want to be that angry parent. I'm so angry. So it's that sense of we are often what we see or what we experience. So we need time and support to be able to heal that part of ourselves in order not to replicate it. But talk to me about the link between anxiety and anger. So anxiety is an umbrella term for psychological experience that is fundamentally an inbuilt primitive response to threat. You know, we're out hunter-gathering, a herd of something comes charging across a plane at us, we either fight it or we run. You know, that's kind of threat management. But obviously threats come in many shapes and sizes and they also come in terms of emotion, stress, relationships. These can all threaten us. It doesn't have to be something actually physically looking like it's going to threaten our safety and well-being. It's the fight or flight response, right? That's, That's what physiologically we are designed to do. And how does that make you angry? Because one of the responses is fight. Oh, I see. Right. I apologise. No, no, no. No, no. I need to be clear. So somebody comes in to a room we're in and threatens us. We might throw a chair at them. We might punch them. You know, there are a number of ways in which we will respond to the threat that we're perceiving. So you put it in the context of John's father. He's a man who is highly anxious, perfectionist, sounds a bit OCD, tidiness, cleanliness, loses loses it if it's not like that. It's all about control, probably because he has felt an acute 
lack of control as a child, domestic violence, physical violence towards him and his brothers from his father. So that need for control then, if it is threatened or punctured in any way... He rages. Because he becomes super anxious. Right. Claude, I, I know you love my homework. I do. So for the end of our chat, there's a Dostoevsky quote about understanding. You, you'll know it. Will you find it? Yeah. Because that's the point of what we're doing here today. OK. I'll get him in. Yeah, what well, I don't know. Let's hear the letter. Yeah. Dear Mum and Dad, I know I've been very distant lately and I wanted to let you know that I'm doing well. I've been trying to understand the anxiety I feel with the assistance of professional help. I've come to realise that anxiety is a common theme within our family and I feel that together as a team, we are not doing anything to sort it out. Dad, your anxiety manifests itself through anger and violence. And this most probably comes from your experiences as a child. I'm sorry that this happened to you. Mom, your anxiety manifests itself by avoiding difficult situations, walking away from problems. You can face your problems, Mom. You don't need to be afraid. What I mentioned above makes it very difficult for me to have a healthy, stable relationship with you. And so this letter is me saying that I'd like to take a step back from the family and stop contact for a short while. I hope within time we can find each other again in a healthier and happier place. Love, John. Wow. Yeah, and it just came straight out, you know. You've made your decision. Yeah. Tell yeah. me how you feel in this moment. Honestly, when I wrote this, I just had a feeling of peace, you know, with no anxiety and... Um, a feeling of control mm. and um, I feel that making that choice I can now very much concentrate on myself, take a step back and kind of work through with the help of somebody to, you know, kind of move forwards. I 100% agree with you. Yeah. But I think what you've done is you've acknowledged, you said to me earlier when we chatted, I'm very needy. I think what you recognise now is your parents probably are not the people that can meet those needs. Yes, yeah. So for you to feel happier and healthier within yourself, mm -hmm. yeah, we yeah. need to think about where you can get those needs yes, met yeah. for you. Yeah. So then moving forward, not just with your relationship with your family, whatever that looks like, yeah. but actually relationships with others in your life yes. and a partner, I yes, hope, yeah, yeah, for you. yeah you can have those relationships without expecting them to meet your needs of needing to be in control. Yes, yeah. And those relationships will be healthier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And without contact with your family, uh -huh. do you have the social networks that can be there to support you? Do you yes. have friends, people yes. you're close to? Yes. I mean, Christmas is coming up, whatever that's going to look like yes. in a pandemic. We've already made plans, so, you know. With your mates. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're all kind of staying where we are. You know, we're all staying at home. Uh, we're not spending time with our families. So, yeah, we've kind of got it all so covered. So you've got so your family. I have, yeah. And then obviously I'd, I'd like to find some kind of professional that also I can... I'll help you work out what Thank that you. should look like. Thank I want you. it to be someone with a really kind of long-term psychotherapy training yes. in working with people who've had childhoods of abuse yes, and who have 
anxiety as a result of that. And I think there is probably an underlying predisposition towards anxiety. Uh I would explore with your GP some medication, an SSRI. So it's an antidepressant that's very good for people who feel anxious. Okay. So if you think of therapy as digging out the foundations of a house, because we've got to look at what's kind of there in order to make the house feel more solid. Yes. Sometimes as you dig out foundations, you've got to put some scaffolding around the house just while you're doing that Uh exploratory excavation Uh work. And my concern for you, if I was working with you, would be that if I was your psychotherapist and we were really digging into the violence that you've experienced as a child, it could trigger quite high levels of anxiety. And therefore, it might be worth exploring a medication that will just give you enough of a buffer so that you can look at the the trauma that you've experienced yes without it crashing the house down if yes. you see what i mean yeah you yeah, know absolutely fantastic yeah. so are there any other questions before we finish no thank you thank you for seeing me honestly thank you so much you're a miracle worker people like me were only as good as the people we work with oh bless you When you leave here and you yes. phone a friend and you organise Christmas, which yes. will be outside and only two people or whatever it is, yes. what are your headlines? You you understand them more. Yes. You have decided very bravely and powerfully yes. to step away. And that I'm okay with that. And you're okay with yeah. that because you're yeah. going to look after you. Yes, yeah. And your friends. And we're going to have a nice time. You know, you know I'm going to have a nice time with my friends at Christmas and yeah. everything. And, um, you know, I'm going to go and get help for myself and and kind of move on, move forwards. And, and, you know, I hope that one day we can come together. And, you know, maybe maybe that letter might, I mean, I don't know, it might. But don't expect it. I know, I know, that's the thing, isn't it? But it might, it might, they might, you know, go and seek help for themselves. Maybe, maybe, maybe. What I'd also like you to do, but Tani might tell me this is wrong, I'd like you to photograph that letter and just text it to your brother. Yes. So he doesn't feel... Like you've just disappeared. Yes, yeah. And because they won't share it with him as yes. far as I can... Yeah, 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 yeah. Got yeah, it yeah. right. Yeah. Just so he knows. Yeah, no, thank you. That's very thoughtful. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you, thank you. Thank you for having me. How fantastic that John came across you. I really mean that. Because us, Claude. Start again, say us. I'm not of course I'm not starting again saying us. I brought nothing to the table. Oh I am don't don't don't, don't, don't. Um talk to me about that letter blew my I mean, it was like there was a wind machine suddenly in front of my face. I just went whew. It was, and he said to me at the end, he said, I've, I've never been good at letter writing. Like, I find it difficult. I mean, I thought that was a, a just such a mature way of looking at such a complicated and painful situation that he he's in with his family the empathy in the letter i couldn't believe as well when he says i'm really sorry i know that happened to you he's saying i see you Mm. i'm gonna look after me but i see i know what this is you might not that's absolutely fine i don't expect you to that's so impressive don't you think yeah Tan, you know you gave me homework. I did. You wanted me to find that Dostoevsky quote. You gave me the idea and you said, basically, this is what 
is happening today. Okay, did you find it? Yeah. Nothing is easier than to denounce the evildoer. Nothing is more difficult than to understand him. There you go. So how do you take that quote and put it in what's happened today? What his father did was terrible. But to understand why he did it, I feel has given him some respite. As you say, it doesn't make it fine. But understanding, just going, oh, I see. And what I love about John, even though he might understand, he hasn't immediately gone back in going, okay, well, I'll just let it continue. He has enough self-preservation to protect himself. So he's put a little wall, not permanent, but he's just going to look after him and his friends and get the help he needs. Now he understands. And understanding is, of course, the most difficult thing of all. Yeah. And I think the moment in his letter when he said to his father this is what you've done and this is why I think you did it. And then he said, and I'm sorry that it has happened to you. I thought that was extraordinary. And to some degree, I think it encapsulates what that quote is saying. Thank you to Dostoevsky, I think, is how we end. I fancied a boy when I was 17. He liked Russian literature, so I would walk around holding Dostoevsky just in case he ever turned around. Didn't work. Okay. Please do share this episode with anyone you think might find it interesting. You could also suggest that they subscribe to get free episodes. And whilst they're at it, if they like, they could rate and comment. Please let them know that it all helps to keep us making these. If you've been affected by any issues in this episode, please see our programme notes for information about further support and advice. And if you're interested in taking part in future episodes of How Did We Get Here, please email briefly describing your issue to how at somethingelse.com. That's how at somethingelse.com without the G. Next time we meet Tom. It's more almost as a family joke. It's, it's, it's kind of talked about at the dinner table. Oh yeah, you're on the spectrum type of thing. This podcast was made by the team at Something Else. The sound and mix engineer is Josh Gibbs. The assistant producer is Grace Laker. The producer is Selena Ream. And the executive producer is Chris Skinner, with additional production from Steve Ackerman. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>